Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited you are here. Today's episode is going to be so, so good. It's actually a two-parter. So this is going to be part one, and it's going to be living on the Nutrition for Littles podcast feed. Part two is actually over on the Mama Wells podcast feed. Uh, So if you have not uh, subscribe to the Mama Well, or if you didn't even know I had a second podcast, now is the time to go over there, subscribe, uh, maybe even give us a rate or review. I mean, whatever you want to do, I'm totally cool with that. But I will link the episode, the part two episode in the show notes below. So you can go over and listen to that as soon as you're done here. But this episode is going to be hopefully really helpful and informative as a parent, as a person, as a mom specifically. And we're going to get down into it. Okay, so we're going to kick off this episode and talk a little bit about like, what is picky eating? Like, why does it even happen? What's going on behind it? And how much of this is our fault? Okay, because I think as parents, first of all, some of us can catastrophize and really think everything is our fault. We have a hand in everything, every bad behavior we see, every misstep we see our kids make, every mistake or uh, wrong decision, quote unquote, that they make, we attribute it to ourselves and we pile that on our back and we are living under so much shame and guilt and worry and condemnation. And I want to just relieve that all for you right now, 100%. First of all, no one is perfect. No one is a perfect parent. No one, no one you're following on social media is a perfect parent. But on top of that, our kids are also intentionally and uh, biologically driven to make mistakes, to learn from their own mistakes. And so if you have a kid who's doing everything perfectly, that's actually not ideal. We want to raise kids who know how to handle mistakes and missteps and how to learn to do differently next time. And that's actually a skill. Not only that, we also want to teach our kids how they can heal from things that have happened to them that uh, they weren't happy about, that they feel uncomfortable about or frustrated about or hurt by. We want to teach them those strategies to be able to cope and heal because eventually they're going to become adults, right? And we want full-fledged adults who are able to regulate and cope and heal and help others and uh, really tune into what's actually going on in their body, in their mind, uh, in their relationships and adjust, right? And so that is all really important. Now you might be on the other end and you might go, oh, nothing is my fault. There's nothing I can do. This kid is just who they are and I'm just along for the ride. And that's also not true. It's really interesting when you dig into the research on nurture versus nature because they simply don't know. They can't put a percentage to it. They can't tell you how much influence as a parent you have percentage-wise, right? We know you have influence. We know parents matter, but we also know that they're not 100% of the story. There's peers in their life. There's genetics at play. There's environmental conditions and um, your circumstances. There are things outside of our control and there are things inside of our control. And that's really where I want to kind of start off today is recognizing that there are things we can do at the table to help our little ones form a healthy relationship with food. And there are things that we can do to help our little ones not be stuck in the picky eating phase for months, years, just digging themselves deeper and deeper and deeper. There are things we can control. 
there are also things that we cannot control. And so it's like that old prayer or poem or whatever it is. I, I think it's been made like famous through Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's essentially asking God the serenity prayer of, let me accept the things I cannot control and change the things I can, right? That's where we can step into our power, our um, value system and really make decisions based on what we actually can control because there is no point trying to control the things we can't. It's just going to be frustrating for you, for your family, and for your kid. Over 75% of moms who follow me over on Instagram report that they struggle to offer a variety to their picky eaters. Yet we know that offering a variety of foods is not only important for combating picky eating, but also vital for their overall health. Revamp My Rebuild and Expand Variety Meal Plan is designed to increase variety and exposures to new foods while decreasing your stress. This meal plan takes family staples and builds on them week by week to drastically increase the variety your little one is exposed to in just one month. What that means for you is you can have peace of mind knowing that you're serving them a variety of food while taking the guesswork out of it. Revamp uses methods I teach inside Table Talk like bridging and food chaining. And no, you don't have to understand these techniques completely because the system does it for you. It's a 70-page system with over 100 total recipes for breakfast, lunch, snacks, and dinner, plus my top tricks, favorite gear, and other fun surprises along the way. You can follow the rotation day by day for 30 days, or you can pick and choose your favorites to filter in on your own time. So if you're stuck in a rut with meals and want to try something new while also helping your picky eater eat a bigger variety, this system is for you. You can click the link in the description box below to grab your copy today. All right, now back to the show. Okay, so with that being said, and with that kind of groundwork laid, I want to go back to the fact that I have two podcasts. You may not even know that about me. I have Nutrition for Littles here on Instagram and the podcast and uh, newsletters and blogs and all of the things focused on helping parents with picky eaters, getting them to eat new foods, a variety of foods, healthy foods, uh, vegetables, right? All of the things. And then I'm super passionate about that, mostly because I think picky eating gets in the way of a lot of kind of bigger things. So picky eating feels like a big deal. Um, and it is, it absolutely is and can wreck your life and your home life and your mental and emotional capacities at the table. But at the same time, picky eating is actually kind of like a speed bump or a, um, a blockade in your relationship with your child, your relationship at the table, how they view food, how they view you, how uh, you function as a family, right? It can get super frustrating where now every time you sit down to a meal with them, you're begging, bribing, pleading, uh, arguing, you know, and you leave feeling defeated. And that's not how anyone wants to feel after a family meal, right? Like that's not the vision we we had in our mind of what a family meal would look like. And so that's really important to me because I truly believe that strong families are built around the table. But that's really hard to do when it's a fight, when it's a food fight every freaking time. Or when you just go give up and throw in the towel and you're like, it's mac and cheese for life. Like, I don't know what else to do here, right? And so that's why I want to tackle the pick eating. And on top of that, of course, on a deeper level is your child's health, their nutrition, their long-term development and 
we know how important these first few years of our child's development, specifically their brain development is. And we also know how imperative nutrition is for our overall health and wellness, not, not even to mention immunity and gut health and uh, mental health is all tied to what we're eating. And so it's super important to work through picky eating to get to a healthier state, both like physically them being healthy, but also emotionally and uh, relationally healthy inside your family. So that is why I'm super passionate about helping families uh, tackle and overcome pick eating. I, I find it so, so important. With that, I also see this kind of broader picture and this path of how picky eating comes to be in certain homes and families and houses. Now, let me be really clear. Picky eating in general, first of all, doesn't have like a great terminology or definition behind it, but picky eating is a natural uh, phenomenon. It is a natural occurrence uh, biologically for our little ones to be hesitant to try new foods. They have an innate fear or um, distrust in new things, new food, which is actually there for a reason, believe it or not. Um, but on top of that, they're also practicing autonomy. So as much as we want to like curse out picky eating, it's actually a good thing. We want our kids to learn how to have autonomy, how to take care of themselves and how to make decisions that are right for them and their body. Now, it can be very frustrating. And what can oftentimes happen in parents when we talk about what's in our control and what's out of our control, we can't control that these picky eating behaviors pop up. What we can control is how we respond to them. And what I have found is there's kind of a few different facets of how parents decide how they're going to handle the picky eating behaviors. Number one is they do what was done to them, right? Like they look back and they go, well, this is getting frustrating. My kid hasn't had a vegetable in a month. They haven't had any protein or meat or, you know, I'm worried about them. Of course, it's always coming from a place of love and care and attention for our little ones. And we go, well, when I was a kid, I had to finish my plate before I had dessert. Let's try that, right? I had to uh, sit at the table until my plate was uh, empty. I had to take at least one polite bite of everything that was on my plate. I had to get seconds of vegetables before I could have seconds of fruit. Whatever it might be, whatever rules you were raised with around the table as a kid when you were likely picky or uh, uh, selective around foods is probably what you end up doing for your own child because we do what we know, right? That might be all we know. Maybe we have an experience where we're like, I'm never going to do what my parents did. That was horrible. I remember sitting there trying to choke down peas and drink my milk. I was feeding it to the dog under the table or whatever that might be. And we almost have a visceral reaction of, I don't want that for my kid. So we almost like rebound into doing the exact opposite. Now, a lot of us think that's not like what happened to us isn't informing what we're doing to our children, but it is. Just because we're not doing the same exact action, we're actually letting whatever happened to us still inform and help us make the decision for what we are, what we are going to do, if that makes sense. And then, of course, a lot of us just kind of look around and see what other people might doing. Maybe we look on Instagram, maybe we hear a podcast here or there, and we try some different techniques. We try something a little bit new, but essentially kind of our root, our, our function kind of on a basic level is to just revert back to what was either done for us, to us, or out of like kind of spite of what was done for us, the uh, opposite of what was done for us at the table. And what that oftentimes leads to is worse pick eating behaviors because we're oftentimes not taking the time to recognize what is going on, what is the best way to handle this, where is this coming from, and how can I forward think 
down the road, how my little one is going to respond to foods. Oftentimes we're just living in that moment, that fear, that worry about our little ones, and we just make gut reactions. And when we take that gut reaction, it's oftentimes because of what we were modeled as uh, as we were children, right? And that's common in like all parenting, but today we're specifically talking about around the table. And this is why it's so important to, again, come back to what is it we can control? We can control learning new information. We can control taking some time and recognizing how we were raised around the table, how our spouse or partner was raised around the table, decisions we're making, things that we're saying, the environment that our little one is currently experiencing at the table, and we can make decisions to try something new, go on a new path, make new decisions, talk about food differently. The pregnancy and postpartum stage of life is no joke, and staying healthy and active during this season of life can be a complete struggle, if I'm being honest. That is why I wanted to share with you one of my all-time favorite hands-down resources with you, the Expecting and Empowered app. If you have not downloaded this app yet, go ahead and do yourself a favor. All the information is in the description box below, plus a discount code for you to download it today. But it is truly filled with safe, effective workouts for pregnant moms, postpartum moms, breastfeeding moms, moms who want to get back to running, moms who want to do strength workouts, all of the things. It is covered in this app for you. Now listen, I don't know about you, but I don't have the time or mental energy or really education to figure out and choreograph all my own workouts, especially ones that are safe for healing or pregnancy or nursing, all of those sorts of things. And these ladies do it all for you. All the workouts are in there, whether you want to do cardio or strength, whether you just want to recover and heal and rest and restore your body, it's all in there with minimal equipment. I can even stay home. I absolutely love this app. So you can download it by clicking below and don't forget to use my discount code to save big. All right, now back to the show. So essentially with picky eating, what I oftentimes see is not only our parents kind of parenting out of how they were parented, but then we also have this, um, kind of narrow focus of healthy eating. Like we want them to eat broccoli tonight. We want them to finish their plate today. We want them to enjoy meat by tomorrow or eat vegetables on Saturday, whatever that might be. It's a very kind of narrow view of, I want this right now for them. And although that's important and I am right there with you, I get it. It's also important to raise a healthy, competent, independent eater. One day our kids aren't going to have us make their lunch for them. One day our kids aren't going to have us make dinner for them, plan their meals week by week. They're not going to have access to someone like you necessarily to be making sure that there's a vegetable on every plate or making sure that fruit is widely available or trying new things. It's going to be their job, their job to grocery shop, to meal plan, to cook, to maybe even participate in that, um, in that practice with their partner or take care of themselves at college, make the decision at the restaurant, what they're going to order, what they're actually going to eat, how much they're going to eat. And so we really want to focus on what type of eater we want to raise long-term and what can we do today to support that vision. And so oftentimes why I'm so passionate about picky eating, but also about mom's health is because oftentimes as moms, we take our fears or our beliefs or our practices or how we were parented, how we see the world, the lens that we see this world in, and we reflect it onto our kids. Let me explain that a little more. 
We all have different experiences around food, around the table, how we were raised around it, decisions we've made with food, diets we've been on, food we've tried, food we've hated, food we think is great, food we think is not so great, junk food beliefs, we have uh, health food or superfood beliefs, we have all these sorts of things, kind of like picture it like in a backpack, like you're just stuffing new information in this backpack all the time. Every time you scroll social media, you see something new. Oh, celery juice. That's the new thing, right? So I'm going to put that in my backpack. I need to be making celery juice every day. Oh, uh, M&Ms or Skittles, or I forget which one it was, is poisonous and needs to be off the market. I put that in my backpack. All these things, these beliefs that we're stuffing into our backpack are making our decisions, right, for what we do and don't eat or how we feel about what we do or don't eat, right? Guilt, shame, excitement, pride, whatever that might be. But then we also typically take those same beliefs and project them onto our kids. Now, this is not intentional. None of us sit down and go, hmm, I'm going to take all these thoughts and beliefs and this lens that I see the world and project it onto my children. No one, no one tries to do that. But we do that with everything because, of course, we have all this life experience and we want to protect our kids. Again, coming from a place of love. But oftentimes when we do that, we rob our children of experiencing their own relationship to food or their own relationship to the dinner table. We rob them of what it actually feels like to not eat a vegetable, what it actually feels like to um, not get enough protein, what it actually feels like to not eat enough and be hungry after a meal uh, when it's no longer dinner time. We rob them of that experience because we feel like we know better and we're trying to protect them. We're saying, hey, I don't want you to feel hunger. I don't want you to feel discomfort. I don't want you to get sick to your stomach because all you ate was candy and you didn't have a meal. I don't want you to feel that, so have three more bites. So eat your chicken before you can have more fruit. So you have to finish your plate before you go to bed, right? Those are our beliefs or our actions are coming from our beliefs, our fears, our worries, our love, our anxieties about our little one, right? That makes sense. And so oftentimes why I'm so passionate about helping moms heal their relationship with food, how they view food and their kind of decisions that they make based on all of that stuff in the backpack is because it does tend to spill out onto the table with their little ones. And so oftentimes I'll say this um, about moms who have healed their relationship with food. They oftentimes no longer have a picky eater. Like they look around and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even notice. But in like literally in the time it took me to heal my relationship with food or work on it, so much of our picky eating at the table started to resolve because I'm no longer acting out of a place of fear at the table or worry or anxiety. I'm now acting from a place of empowerment that I can trust my body. And because I know I can trust my body, I know I can trust my little one's body too, to make good decisions, to learn the lessons they need to learn so that one day they can make good decisions, right? They may not make that today, but we probably aren't either. So now that we've kind of transitioned, I, I want to continue talking a little bit more about mom's relationship to food and, and dads too, by the way, parents, siblings, everybody's uh, aunts, uncles, grandparents, everyone else's relationship. We all have a backpack, right? Full of stuff and beliefs. And so now that we've kind of transitioned there, I think this is a good place to stop part one and we're going to go on to part two. Um, so make sure to check the link in the description box below to come check out uh, the second episode or the second part to this series where we're going to talk a little bit more about this and what this means for you and also what we can do about it. So I will see you over there.
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.